Hi, and welcome to the Wise Women's Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Council. And with a background as a naturopath, I thought I knew exactly what happened to women when they reached menopause until I experienced it myself. I then realized that there was so much more to this time of life than what was written in the textbooks. I decided it was time to bring this stage of life out of the closet and to have some open and honest conversations with women who are going through the same journey. Wise Women's Conversation has been created to share information and experiences from other wise women in our community. Sit back and listen to the wise women speak. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women Conversations. And this week I am so excited to introduce Caitlin Grace, who is a Yoni Egg Coach and the author of The Goddess Guide to Sex, Love and Life. Um, she, Caitlin's mission is to help women better understand the importance of her, their pelvic floor and why it matters. As a Yoni Egg Coach, um, she helps women understand that there's more to the Yoni Egg practice than maintaining the pelvic floor. It's also a practice of tuning in and becoming more deeply connected to your body in a mindful way in which you can interact with yourself. And in this interview, which um, was originally recorded for the Marga Woman magazine, which um, you can grab a copy of, I'll put the links to the magazine in the show notes, um, but the, this interview, we talk all about the pelvic floor and how that um, impacts women as they come into their menopause stage of life. Um, we actually learn, Caitlin shares with us how to do pelvic floor exercises correctly because many women are not doing them correctly. And we get deep into the disconnection that so many women have from their feminine energy and how that actually affects our pelvic floor. Um, we do some womb breathing to reconnect us back to our centre. And we talk about how menopause impacts our connection to our womb and our pelvic floor. So it is, this interview is more than just about the physical aspects of having, um, doing your pelvic floor exercises. We really get deep into the connection, the feminine connection that um, many women don't have with their womb and their sex organs. So um, it's a it's a fascinating interview. Um, I got a lot of my own questions answered. So hopefully the questions I, were, I was asking um, will help other people as well. Now, if you want to find out a little bit more about what Caitlin does, you can pop over to her website, which is www.caitlin.com. I will put all the links and all the social media links in the show notes. Um, but, yeah, pop over and see what uh, Caitlin is doing. I'll, as I said, I will also include links to two articles that uh, Caitlin wrote for me uh, in the Marga Woman magazine. So sit back and enjoy. Bye. Thanks very much for joining us again on Marga Woman TV. I am so, so grateful that Caitlin Grace has come along and she's got a chat to us today. Now, she has written an article in the February issue of Marga Woman magazine and I wanted to talk a little bit more about this because this is a subject that no one talks about 
but so many of us have an issue with. And we're going to be talking about the pelvic floor and how, you know, what, what happens to women. Um, we have our, you know, we have babies and then, but as we get older, things start to change as well. And we need to be aware of what's happening because otherwise it can be a little bit uncomfortable as we get older and we don't really want to be like that because there's so many things we can do which can help us strengthen our pelvic floor. And I've got so many questions for Caitlin because this is me. I want to, I've got so many questions. So I'm going to ask all the questions on behalf of you, okay? I reckon I'm going to cover it all. So thanks for joining us, Caitlin. Thank you for having me here. And yes, there is so much information that we that we don't have when it comes to our pelvic floor. And I'd just like to to correct you on one little thing. We all seem to think that oh, looking after our pelvic floor <laughs> has to happen when we're older. Older, and actually, there's a lot of young women who are having just as many issues with mm. their pelvic floor right at the moment. Yeah. So it's not, um, it's not an old lady disease no. or an old lady issue. It's just an issue for women. Yeah, it is, and I think that it's something that doesn't get spoken about because I know that when I had my second child, um, and I, um, I, I gave birth naturally twice, but my babies were quite large babies. Well, not overly large. One was eight and a half pound, and the second one was nearly ten. Um, so I had a prolapse, and right. no one talked about what happens when you have a prolapse. And I actually. Because well, like afterwards, I kind of really didn't know what was happening. I just knew that everything was not the way it was supposed to be. And I went to the doctor and they said, oh, yeah, you've had, it looks like you've had a prolapse. You haven't really been doing your pelvic floor exercises properly. So that's what's going to happen. And if you don't go and do your pelvic floor exercises now, what we're going to do is we're going to get a tube and we're going to stick it in you so that it all holds together. And I'm going, right, that's not what I <laughs> want to do. Yeah. So off I went and did what I thought were my pelvic floor exercises. Now, one of the things is with pelvic floor exercises, you yep. don't know if you're doing it right or if you're doing it wrong because you don't know what that, everyone else feels. <laughs> that is exactly right. That is exactly right. And the, the simple fact of the matter is that most of us are actually doing our pelvic floor or our Kegels, we're doing them wrong. Mm. And that's because nobody has actually showed us how to do them correctly nobody has uh, given us that information and the only way for somebody to do that is for them to actually put their fingers inside your vagina as you are doing a kegel and saying no that's not quite right yeah. try this one of the big things is and we can sit here and do our kegels right now <laughs> i want you to to um to start thinking of doing a kegel while keeping your thighs and your buttocks relaxed your stomach relaxed and breathing normally. So keep everything else normal and just focus on your pelvic floor. And when you breathe in, you lift it up one, two, three levels, and then you just slowly relax. Okay. And it's doing that work, you know, shoulders down, breathing normally thighs thighs and buttocks not clenched because that's the thing we think yeah. we have to tense everything but it's just the pelvic floor that yeah. we need to lift the other thing that we need to do is actually start 
So that was the elevator lifting the, the floor up, but you've also got muscles on either side. Yes. So it's closing the doors. So closing on the left side, closing on the right side. And the chances are that one side will be stronger than the other. The right side is generally the masculine side and the left side is our feminine side. So it's that dynamic as well. There's more than just lifting. There's also all the other surrounding muscles. And I discovered that once I finally went to a pelvic floor physio because, yes, the only way, because I was having so many problems and then it was starting to affect my back, it was affecting all the other, um, like my hip, all of it. There's a whole pile of stuff that was going on because I didn't know how to use my pelvic floor properly. And when I'd go to the gym, I was bearing down rather than lifting up and you know, and yep. then you have all the, the bladder leakage, all of that. And then when I finally went, okay, I need to do something about this, I go to a physio and she did that. She, she put, first off, she did an ultrasound. Then she uh, inserted her fingers and I actually found that I was not even activating the left side of my, um, my the pelvic wall at all. It just, yes. just wasn't, it wasn't there. So the right side would move slightly. The left side is like, and for me, that was my feminine and that was when I was going through lots of issues. I have issues on my right side with my hip. All of this stuff is like this transition and this trying to reconnect with my feminine because I was so masculine in everything I did. And But even now I'm finding I need to redo some of that stuff again because I've lost some of it. It's something that we have to do constantly. Uh, so it's not... It's not right, I've got my pelvic floor toned. I don't have to ever worry about it anymore. Um, it's we need to be doing it, have constant vig vigilance. And the thing that um, amazed me, I went to a hormone health uh, seminar last year with um, a guy called Ben Warren here in New Zealand. And he said something that just kind of made me sit up and take notice. And he said, uh, the, the modern world is not geared for female hormones yeah. it's not geared to support women yeah. in any way shape or form and that's where when we come to do our pelvic floor work we will tend to be stronger in our masculine than we are in our feminine we've actually lost connection with our feminine selves we i run a um uh, a five-day fabulously feminine challenge um periodically and a lot of the women struggle with the word feminine. They don't actually know what being what feminine means. means. Mm. They think it means having long flowing hair and wearing pretty dresses, but there's a lot more to femininity than just how we look or how we show up in the world. Being feminine is about our sense of stillness. So when you tune into your pelvic bowl, and I'll get you again to do just another little exercise that I teach women quite often, which is put your thumbs together on your belly button and your fingers, your index fingers in a downward facing triangle. If you do that on your stomach, thumbs on your belly button, fingers pointing down, that space is your womb space. Most of us have no idea where our womb actually is located. We know when we get pregnant that our bellies get big, but we have no idea where our womb is actually located. So just connecting into that space and breathing down into your womb, you'll start to feel a warmth or a bit of, you'll get a sense of light 
or you'll get a sense of an energy. It can show up in different ways for different women, but just that simple thing of breathing into our womb space helps us connect back to our center. And our center, our pelvic bowl, is one of stillness. Women operate best from stillness. We operate best from being receptive. We are receivers. We receive the sperm to make the, the, the baby grow, and we have to open and soften in order to do that. And we can't open and soften unless we are feeling safe and secure. We've got that sense that anything that is coming towards us, any male that is coming towards us, is a safe space for us to invite into our body. And a lot of women, I hear this a lot in my work and it makes me really sad and sometimes I cry. <laughs> the amount of women who are actually experiencing pain during sex or who are gritting their teeth in their sexual experiences and it's like pain, uh, sex is not supposed to equal pain. We're supposed to feel open and receptive and loving and and well lubricated before anything comes in. But if we don't give ourselves that time, if we're not tuned into our body, we don't know how to do that. And we just kind of go, oh, well, he's ready. I must be ready. <laughs> Off we go. So it's, it's, um, it's about taking the time to actually tune in and connect with yourself, really. So can I just ask a question? Um, just as we're talking about connecting into our womb, what happens with women who've had hysterectomies? On an energetic level, they still have the womb space. Men have a womb space. Um, in uh, martial arts, it's called the lower dantien or the hara. So that is still that energetic space behind the belly button where that's the power center. That's when the, in karate they go, you know, and do the haya and yeah. chop the boards. They're coming from that power center, which is the hara. But in women, we've actually got that physical aspect to it as well with the, the uterus. But even after the uterus is removed in a, the case of hysterectomy, the energy space is still there. Okay, so you still have the energetic womb. Um, it's never, that's never going to be taken then away. I, I'm assuming that for many women, though, there would be an emotional um, oh, yes. emotional block in, in actually, for some women, actually connecting to that for whatever yep. reason why it was removed because it's not supposed to be removed. It's supposed to stay there. But for various reasons, sometimes it does have to be removed. And sometimes the removal of um, the uterus is actually out of the control of the woman. It's, yes. For me, I see that many doctors recommend yes. removing the uterus as a solution to lots of things. Once you've had children, well, let's just remove your uterus. You don't need it anymore. Yes. Um, and when we could actually be addressing it with other, whatever the issue is, we can be addressing some of that stuff with other other treatments, naturally things as well. So you know, I think yep. that there's a lot of emotional stuff that's going to be going on too that, you know, oh, because it's sure. our, I mean, we see that as our womanhood. That's our belief, belief system. So connecting back to there um, yep. will be difficult for these women. I mean, it's difficult for women who still have a uterus yep. 
quite often. Oh, absolutely. The, the, the big thing that I see is, is the disconnection with women from the lower half of their body. They are disconnected in that they can't name their genitals. They don't, they recoil at the word vagina. They might feel comfortable with um, the word pussy, um, but they don't really want to talk about it. It's just a lot of women refer to it as down there mm. or their lady bits. Um, I listened to a webinar the other day where they were giving um, herbal remedies to, to help with down there and that was what it was titled and there was two grown women and the whole length of that hour-long webinar they only ever referred to it as down there or your lady bits not vagina not genitals not anything and if we can't if we can't name it we can't claim it as our own we can't mm. take ownership of it um, I've got a friend at the moment who is actually being bullied by her doctors to have a hysterectomy I have another friend who had a tumour um, quite a few years ago and she now looks back and realises that she was actually bullied into having a hysterectomy, that that was the only option. Mm. I had the same thing when I, I yeah. um, had benign growths within my uterus. They just said, well, what all we do is we give you a hysterectomy. And I said, yeah, but I still want to have children. They said, okay, well, we've got other ways. If you want to have children where you can do that, um, that we can actually treat it. And I felt like saying, well, you can treat this because I tell you I want to still have children, but when you didn't know I wanted to have children, you were just going to remove the part. It's like, why couldn't you treat? Because, I mean, they just just went in and they lasered it off and, um, yep. and you know, it was all okay and I managed to deliver two children. Naturally, there was a little bit of a risk that I could have ruptured the uterus, but they kept an eye on that. But the first option they gave me was, well, we're going to give you a hysterectomy. I couldn't understand why the first option wasn't, well, let's try removing this and so you can continue to keep your, you know, your uterus. And that was even starting with a female doctor. So yep. I was quite surprised that came from a female doctor. Then it was actually the male doctor who said, oh, no, it's okay. We can do laser treatment and we can just um, laser that off, day surgery, and, you know, everything should be fine because then I then dealt with the imbalance of the hormones. The, the thing is that we think if we go to a, a female doctor that we are somehow, she's on our side. Mm -hmm. It's not always the case. You have to find a good doctor regardless of the agenda. Yeah. Um, one who's actually going to pay attention and listen to you. In my own case, um, I had heavy bleeding for many years and there was no cysts, no polyps, no tumors, no fibroids, nothing. Perfectly healthy uterus, except she wanted to bleed all the time. And my doctors um, uh, got frustrated with me because um, I, that I did their different protocols and nothing was actually stopping the bleeding. Um, and they, so they were like, oh, well, we'll just do a hysterectomy. And it's like, why? It's a perfectly healthy uterus. Why do you, you know? No, I'm not taking it out. Oh, but it'll be much easier for you. Um, no, it won't actually. I want to hang on to my uterus. That's kind of when I started working with uh, yoni eggs and looking at the emotions behind what was actually going on for me and I, I, I did a few other things I stopped um, I stopped gluten uh, I stopped sugar for a while I kind of slipped on that one <laughs> and I started um, drinking nettle tea infusions so I started doing what I could to heal my body on all different layers of my being 
and I'm still not through menopause, but I, I am not um, bleeding heavy. It went back to a manageable level. Um, and I've still got my uterus. And I think how many women would have just gone, yes, you're right, take it out. Yeah. And, and then dealt with the emotional aftermath. Because if it's an emotional issue that's going on, and ladies, we all have emotional issues that we store in our womb and our genitals. It is one of the biggest places that we store, we tuck everything away and store in our bodies. If we're doing that, if we can address the emotional issues, then chances are your polyps, your cysts, your fibroids might, may actually heal up. I can't guarantee that, but if you can address the underlying emotional baggage, chances are you can hang on to your uterus. Mm, and it's just, it's so important. And not, I mean, it's important on a spiritual, emotional, it's also important on a physical level because the uterus is there to produce certain hormones. You know, it, it, it's actually, it's not something where you can just chop out and everything's going to be, everything will be okay. It isn't. It's no. just like, you, you can't, you know, it's any more than you could chop an arm off and you're going to live a, a, the same life that you had beforehand. It's it's not going to be the same. It's you will change, and um, I think you know this this uh, I don't know predisposition to just chopping out the problem when yep. we haven't truly addressed the problem on all levels. Yep. I think there's this big issue with that. Now I want to talk to you about yoni eggs because I have been fascinated by yoni eggs for years. But I've never got one and I'm really, I'm getting close because I, as I said before, that I've, I've done the pelvic floor physio, but I'm actually noticing now because one of the things that does happen as you do age is connective tissue um, gets a little bit looser, which is why we need to do lots more different, we need to do different type of exercises. So um, I'm actually noticing that um, slight incontinence that happens, particularly for me, a lot of it's mind stuff because I know that as soon as I get home, I can be, go all day long and yeah. not need to go to the toilet. As soon as I get home, as soon as I get to that back gate, I need to go. And if yeah. don't let anyone stand between me and getting, I've got to get upstairs to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, and I'm there all the way going, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then when I get there, it's like, hold on, hold on, lift, lift, lift. And hopefully I make it. And it's, that's not unusual. I'm not unusual. I know that. No. And I need to actually get back into and I'm thinking maybe using the Yoni eggs will actually help me be able to get more control. But talk to okay. me more about what Yoni eggs do on all levels. Okay, so let's just start with the basic level of what Yoni eggs do for your pelvic floor. Think of it as weight lifting for your vagina. Okay, so Kegels, okay, so I'm showing you here, but the other ladies can't see this. If you <laughs> If you start doing bicep curls, you can do bicep curls till cow comes, cows come home and you're not going to tighten up your bicep as quickly as you would as if you put a, a dumbbell in your, in your arm. Okay? Yeah. As soon as you put a dumbbell in, in there, you've got resistance, you've got something for the muscle to work against, you've got something for the muscle to lift and, and start building up strength. It's the same with the yoni egg. You can kegel till the cows come home. I don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> but if, as soon as you put the egg in there, you've got weight for it to lift against, okay? So it's a simple process of you're now lifting and the 
I actually weighed it because one woman asked me how much does a, um, a medium-sized egg weigh, and it's between 50 and 53 grams. Once it's in, in there, you don't actually feel it, but you may feel... You might, it's like putting a tampon in. You don't really notice that the tampon's there, but you know you kind of get a sense of it, if you know what I mean. So it's not like, oh, my God, that's a heavy weight inside mm -hmm. of me. Um, but you can, your muscles can feel it when you're lifting. So when you uh, start with doing the, um, the Kegels, it's a good idea, or the Yoni Egg exercises, it's a good idea to do it three times a week for between um, 15 and 20 minutes. I kind of reckon you start off at about five and build up to 20 minutes. And that's going to be enough to keep your, you in a, a continent state. The other side of Yoni Eggs is they are an amazing personal development tool because the most powerful acupressure points that you have in your body are in your vagina. You've got the acupressure point for your heart, your lungs, your liver, your kidneys, your spleen, all in your vagina. So as the Yoni Egg moves around with you doing your exercises, it's, it's rubbing on those acupressure points. Now, one of the eggs, um, it then, of course, is the, uh, the actual properties of the different crystals. So I start women on the rose quartz because rose quartz is about self-love and acceptance, and a lot of us do not love and accept ourselves. Then if you have any kind of sexual trauma, the next egg to get is an obsidian egg. Now, we're uh, probably all very aware with the Me Too campaign and the Harvey Weinstein debacle that's going on about uh, sexual harassment and sexual um, aggression towards women. I thought when I got my, because I test all the eggs on myself before I sell them to people because I want to know what kind of things they're going to do, what the different properties are going to do for women. So I thought I will try the obsidian egg. I've never had any sexual harassment. I've never been had any sexual trauma. I'll be fine. <sighs> Only to use the egg and get taken back to when I was 15 and was staying the night at my girlfriend's place and in the morning her brother and his friend came into the bedroom and the brother hopped into bed with me and the boyfriend uh, hopped into her bed and the, the brother started um, molesting my body basically and I froze and what I want women to think about is when we talk about fight, flight and freeze, the part of us that freezes and clenches up and tightens is our pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. So before I was saying about uh, how we need to soften and open and trust what's coming towards us, too many times we have clenched our pelvic floor because we haven't felt safe. It's not necessarily that in a sexual context where somebody is um, attacking or molesting you. It's just those times when you have felt so in, um, not safe or insecure as a woman. You've been in a, you know, you've been walking down the street at night and suddenly you hear footsteps behind you and you kind of go, oh my God, am I, you know, are there people around? Am I going to be safe here? We clench and we're clenching our pelvic floor and we need to learn to soften and relax that pelvic floor. It's not that women need to be tight. We're already tight. 
our pelvic floor muscles are already tight and stressed and carrying emotional baggage from years gone by, we need to learn to soften and relax. And that's the other thing that the Yoni egg exercises do is we te um, teach you how to hold the egg, but also to soften the muscles and feel what that softening feels like so that you know that you can soften and relax. So yeah, there's a, it's a many different components to using the egg. The, um, like I said, that, uh, that traumatic experience from when I was 15 has been cleared and released just by using the egg. And I would never have known it was there because I never thought of it mm -hmm. from, from when I was 15 to yeah, here right. I am at 55. I'd never even given it any thought and it kind of was a bit of a shock to the system to be taken back to that and go, oh my God, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, and there's so like. many women that have been in that situation and it was just, oh, that's just what happens. That's, yeah. And we just let it go, but it's still sitting in there somewhere. We're yeah. sitting there, yeah, and then when we, we bring it up to release it. Yeah, and that's why I sell the, the, um, the Yoni eggs as a coaching package. Sure, you can go and buy your eggs, you know, just anywhere. You can buy an egg on its own. But what I, ha what I find happens is women buy the egg, they get all excited about the egg, then they don't know what to do with the egg, so they just put it in their bedside drawer and never use it, or they start using it and emotions come up and they don't know what to do with that or how to process that, so they put it in the drawer and they don't mm -hmm. use it again. And the thing is that it's, you know, we I'm here as a coach to help you work through that. I'm here to actually um, not just the basics of what you do once you've got your egg. Yeah, not just it's the not exercise just, side of stuff. Yeah, It's not the exercise side of stuff. It's actually what is coming up for you. What emotions are you needing to deal with? I would love to delve into that hold it, being able to hold on all day. And then when you're home, you have that rush to go to the toilet. I'd love to know what <laughs> that's um, actually. We need to talk more, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely do. And it's, it's, it's those kinds of things. And that tension that you're holding when you're rushing to go to the toilet, that hold, 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 that's a tension that you're carrying in your pelvic floor muscles constantly. Okay. Um, so that needs to actually be addressed and and let go of and mm -hmm. so that you can relax and know that you can be continent all the time. Um, and it's, you know, the sad thing is that we, incontinence has become acceptable. Yeah, because just about, before I jumped on this call, I just happened to be looking at Facebook and I would have seen at least three ads for underwear for incontinence. And yep. now it's like, it's it, okay, well, you know, and look, it's good that that's there and you can got something that you can wear, but it's like, okay, why why do we have incontinence what is it why is it becoming obviously really widespread because yep. there's businesses that are making a lot of money out of this so yep. and, and when you look at it because sometimes I go in and I read the comments on some of these ads and you know everyone's going oh yeah I've got LBL I've got LBL like LBL is like the big thing at the moment it's like well what is it what's going on for women they're like, has this always been going on for women or is this something now that we as women are experiencing more of? Are we just being more open about it? It's like there's got to be something that's going on. And it was interesting what you said about the, um, 
that it's quite often that women on the, the right wall is always is often stronger than the left wall because so many women are living a masculine life. We, you know, yes. We're in corporate, we're in careers, we're running business. Everything is boom, 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 all masculine and, yeah, we've lost our feminine. And it's, you know, it's, it's also we have been told that women have to give. Women give all the time. And so we give and give and give and give. We're actually, you know, so going back to my heavy bleeding, that is a, a case of a lack of boundaries. It's a case of where are you giving away your life force? Mm -hmm. You're giving your life force away for no, uh, no reward, no recompense, no no acknowledgement of, of what you're actually giving or producing. So there's that side of things. Uh, I think the, um, I think that light bladder leakage LBL is becoming more prevalent now, a, because women are talking about it more. It is kind of becoming more socially acceptable to say, I have um, bladder issues, but the underlying thing is that we have no firm foundation on which to stand we have no sense of safety and security in this world as a woman and as i said with the me too and the harvey weinstein it's really coming to the force that women are going hang on a minute this is not okay we've been speaking up for years and nobody has been listening and we're not going to take it anymore so we're kind of reclaiming that space and i'm reclaiming that we are building a, a firmer foundation for our daughters and our granddaughters, but we need to address our own foundation and our own sense of security um, and move from that space. Um, and part of that is being able to, to claim our sexual organs for ourselves, mm -hmm. being able to claim our sexual pleasure for ourselves. Um, it's all of those kinds of things that are, uh, are strengthening our resolve, I think, as women to sh and how we show up in the world. We could sit here and talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> I really could. <laughs> but I am going to get you back again, and I'm just, I've got a few ideas of running in my head. But I um, just want to, and I don't know if you saw within the Marvel Woman group, um, just before this interview, I went live with our Oracle reading. And the Oracle card, I'll just see if I've still got it here, was risk versus safety, which I don't know if you can see that. Oh, lovely. Yep. But it was all about being open to receiving. Yep. That yep. we're forever giving, but yes. we need to be open to receiving and to be safe, to feel safe in receiving. Yeah. And that was the Oracle reading that I did just oh, before beautiful. I came on, on um, this call with you. So it's the way that it's all just kind of come all the way around because that's what, that's what you're basically saying is women need to be open to receiving even yes. simple compliments. And that's yes. what I spoke about this morning. You know, if someone says, oh, I love that top on you, just simply say thank you, not, oh, you mean this old thing. You know, being yeah. open to receiving and then when we start with the little things of just saying thank you, I received that, that then we become open to receiving bigger and bigger things and yes. we feel safe receiving because at the moment many women don't feel safe receiving 
for whatever no. reason because we've received and it's been taken off us or whatever we've got we're not good enough so i love every, i mean i'm as i said i could talk to you for hours and i am going to talk to you more once we finish this recording <laughs> um because that's the biggest message that you're saying really it's like be open when we open ourselves we open ourselves to receiving we open ourselves to love then the issues that we're holding within the womb area, within our pelvic floor, we actually will start to heal them. Yes. Yep. And it we'll simply start starts with saying thank you when someone gives you a compliment. That's exactly. as simple as it needs to be, just to start yep. there. That, uh, that's one of those things... Um, like you said, it's, oh, this old thing, or I got it, it you know, I got it for five bucks from the op shop, yeah, or, yeah. you know, it's just dismissing it straight away out of hand, or when your girlfriend um, offers to pay for, you know, for coffee for you, oh, no, it's my turn, and, you, you know, you have this constant battle at the, um, at the till of, of who's going to pay, because neither of you wants to, um, to just be receiving, to just mm. receive that. Yeah. Uh, and it's, we don't know how to. We don't know how to. We haven't been taught how to. We've been taught that we have to give. And that's what depletes and exhausts women because we need to actually receive. We need to have a place and a time of stillness where we can just go within. And that's where I love the idea of the red tents back in the day. Yeah. They would have, when women had their periods, they would go off, not as a banishment, not as a, as anything other than a space for them to be and turn inward, because that's what our bleeding time is, is a, is a space to turn inward. The beauty of um, menopause is that now we have the, all the space to turn inward and then offer out our gifts of all that we have learned. Uh, it's not, um, I've been called a wise woman this week by a young 23-year-old um, client who's got some issues. And that felt really lovely that I was, that she actually could see the value mm. in, in the knowledge that I've got. Uh, and I think that is becoming more prevalent too, is the young ones are actually finally realizing that because you're, 50, 60, 70, you've actually got a lot of life experience got, yeah, that they the want. Yeah. And so they're actually finally starting to come and appreciate that, which is really awesome. Yeah, and that's, that's the key. This is the key of the Marga Woman Project is. Yes. Because I think that there's many women who get to this mid-stage of life who are not trusting of their own wisdom. They're yep. not. And that's what I want the Marga Woman Project to do is to allow women to really trust that they actually do have a wisdom and that they've got a voice and that yep. they can, you know, they, they're able to speak their truth because for many years many of them haven't. Yes. And this is why we have all these issues going on physically and emotionally. So that's the, the main underlying thing about the MAGA project is to give women their, their voice and for society to see that the wisdom lies within this group of women. When we look at some of the strongest women in our society, you know, we look at the people like the Oprahs, we look at, you know, our politicians, our Julie Bishop, Julie Gillard, you know, all of those people, they're all MAGA women. Yes. They're all MAGA women. And whether or not you believe in what they say, their politics, it doesn't really matter. They're speaking their truth. 
and yeah. they're standing up and they're sharing their wisdom for what they know. And that's what I, I really believe that the world will be saved by Margaret women, that we will yes. change the world when we're ready to stand up and speak, but we need to actually be comfortable in speaking our truth, and there's, which means we've got a lot of hurt to heal. You know, there's exactly. a lot of healing that needs to go on because for many years we haven't been able to speak. So I've actually loved speaking to you today, and as I said, we're going to speak a lot more. <laughs> Goody, goody, goody. <laughs> so I want to thank you. Now, where can people, just before we go, um, obviously, as I said, you've written an article for the February um, issue and I've just asked you to do one for the March one as well. But where can people find you? Where can they find out more about what you do um, and Yoni Eggs and how can they work with you if they, they're ready to actually heal whatever's going on within that womb space. So thank you very much for having me here. It's been absolutely delightful. And I will write as many articles for your magazine as you want <laughs> me to, um, because I think I've got a lot to say about women's healing. Uh, it's, it's a powerful thing. When we become fully into our power as women, the world is definitely going to change. It mm -hmm. is going to wake up and take notice. And I'm not talking about moving from a patriarchy to a matriarchy. It's we're going to be finally equals. So um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Caitlin, Caitlin Grace for Wellbeing, I think it is. You'll find me. It's, um, yeah, Caitlin Grace, Yoni Egg and Self-Love Coach. You can also find me at CaitlinGraceAuthor.com. Uh, so can you that's just spell Caitlin for people too, just so that they get that right? It's C-A-I-T-L-I-N graceauthor.com it's not Caitlin with a Y and it's not with a K um, it's the old traditional Irish spelling and by the way I did name myself um, I, that was a, a brilliant reclamation of, of who I am uh, so yeah caitlingraceauthor.com I'm on Instagram I've just started Pinterest today so that'll be interesting uh, <laughs> and, and I'm also on LinkedIn if anybody wants to find me there. Um, you can find me, uh, my Yoni Egg packages are on there, and I'm looking at putting together a six-week coaching package to help women if they've just been diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and they want to, or they've just had breast cancer operations and they want to feel feminine again, or they've just had a hysterectomy and they don't know what to do with all the emotions that mm. they've got about how that all came about. It's about reclaiming our femininity. Um, so I'll be putting that up on the website later this week. Okay, um, well, I'll share that as well through the uh, Margo Woman community for you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, we have we have so much healing that we need to do. I talk about, and we talk about that the stomach being the second brain. I talk about the womb being our second heart. It stores a lot of those same emotions and traumas. Um, and once we can heal that, we'll just be amazing, mm, radiant, radiant woman. Totally there with you. I totally get it and I totally agree with you. So mm. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's been a fantastic conversation. I want to thank all of our viewers for, I'm, I reckon everyone got something out of this, even if it was just one tiny so. thing. So because yeah. you are, 
you can see the love in what you do. You can see the passion in what you do and it just comes through. I mean, we're on video, but I can feel your energy from here and it's like when, oh, when you. you're speaking to people who are so passionate and have got that connection, it's just, it's just, and that's what women do. I think women just do that so, we just do it naturally when we allow ourselves to do that. So yeah. I really want to thank you for being part of this. I want to thank all of our viewers for watching. And until the next episode, from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye for now. Well, did you enjoy listening to that Wise Woman's Conversation? Please let me know what you thought by leaving a comment on the Market Woman Project website or giving the podcast a review in iTunes or wherever it is you listen to this podcast. Please share this podcast with other wise women who you think would like to listen. And remember, you are a wise woman. I want to thank you for listening today and until next time, from my heart to yours, infinite love and gratitude. Bye.